And I met a man from Hohenwald, Tennessee, and I asked him, so what's good to do in Hohenwald? And he said, not much. He said, look at the stars, that's about it. He said, people come from all over Tennessee to go and look at the stars. He said, you know, there's no light pollution there. And, uh, and you know, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. And that was one of those lines that just stayed with me. And I've been thinking about that. The darker the night, the brighter the stars. Maybe the only place that's better for stargazing in, in Middle Tennessee is the Vanderbilt Dyer Observatory. This telescope was built to magnify, to take, take what's distant and enormous and far off and bring it into sight, into vision. And a telescope is only effective when it's dark. You know, when you look up at the night sky, whether you're in Hohenwald or Vanderbilt or in your backyard, the stars tell a story. The psalmist said it this way, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So like every time they build a bigger telescope, it just increases awe and wonder at the glory of God in creation. Psalm 8, the psalmist says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place, what is man that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. This idea that the same God who made the stars and he made you, the God who created the world cares for you. He is mindful of you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. Sometimes in the darkest night, we can forget to look up at the stars. I mean, when was the last time you just looked up at the stars? I mean, we look down at our phones, but we forget to look up at the stars. Maybe this has been a dark year for you. Like you're in a dark time right now. You've experienced grief or sorrow, heartache, despair. You've had dreams that were broken. You've experienced what, what's often been called the dark night of the soul. I, I, I don't know if that man from Hohenwald knew it, but he was quoting a famous author, Dostoevsky. The full quote is, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. The deeper the grief, the closer is God. Dostoevsky is alluding to Isaiah 9 says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And Isaiah the prophet is pointing to how on that first Christmas when Jesus would arrive, a light would pierce the darkness of sin and misery and death forever. And for centuries, God's people, they waited for a light to show up. And that first Christmas, God came near. Light entered the darkness. Darkness does not get the final say. On the darkest night, the light shines the brightest.
So it was uh, Christmas 2012. It was a particularly um, dark time for our family. My dad got sick, and um, we didn't like we didn't know if he'd recover, and uh, and if he did recover, we didn't know what it would be like. And he was pretty much, you know, excruciating pain, and uh, and just real, real limited in, um, in in movement, and limited to a to the a bed or a chair in the living room. We had to have in-home care. And, um, and I remember, um, I remember we went over there the week of Christmas and, and we just, we asked, um, we asked him, we were like, dad, is there anything, anything we can do? And Rhea and I were like, is there anything we can do for you? And normally he's the kind of person who says no, but, um, but he said, yeah. He said, can you take me to go, can you take me to go look at the Christmas lights? And, um, we're like, yeah. And so I remember that we like just so um, carefully like put him in a wheelchair and we like carefully wheeled him out. I mean, he'd been in the house since uh, the beginning of December. And, uh, and so we get him out and we, uh, we, we lift him up and we put him in the back of the, of the Jeep Cherokee. And I remember it was um, just like real carefully and gently put him up there. And we drove, and I'm, I must have drove um, like 10 miles below the speed limit. And I remember I was like 10 and two, just so careful not to hit a bump. We just we looked at the lights, and I know those people. They put probably put up those lights the year before, but something was different this year. It's like the darker the night, the brighter the lights. The greater the gloom, the closer is God. And the lights were different that year. I mean, the I don't know if I've ever seen Christmas lights that beautiful. Have you ever wondered why lights are such a big part of Christmas? I mean, why, why we just feel drawn to the lights and why we seek them out this time of year? You know, the lights, they're, they're not just decorative, like they're symbolic. And if you've experienced darkness in your life this year, or if, if like you're experiencing darkness right now, you know, my prayer for you and my prayer for us is that the light would shine in your heart this Christmas. And so here's what I wanna do. I wanna share a few truths that you can hold on to when things get dark. You know, the first one is that, that Jesus entered into a dark world. Like, he could have shown up at the daytime, but he didn't. He came at night. You know, the, the angels um, woke up the shepherds and they woke up the sheep. And at night when is the time when, when, when lights are best and when they're the most needed. And in the Bible, darkness represents sin and suffering and evil and ignorance. And, and when Jesus was born, man, it was a dark place. Like there was violence and injustice and homelessness and abuse of power and refugees that were fleeing oppression and families that were torn apart, families that were ripped apart. I mean, which, which sounds a lot like today. And God is not afraid of the darkness. I mean, in, in the world or in your life, like He chose to enter the darkness and change it from the inside out. The world is a dark place and Jesus is the light of the world. You know, a, a, a few weeks ago on a, um, on a Saturday night at like 2 a.m., I was trying to get back to, back to bed in a pitch black room and bam, like I walked into the bedpost. So it was not one of my best moments, but in the moment I just prayed, God, please don't let me have a, have a fat lift for church tomorrow. And, uh, and, I, and you know, I wonder how much pain we've, we've caused in life because we've tried to stumble through the darkness on our own. And in, in John 8, 12, um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
And so Jesus shines the light on who God is and who we are and who we are to him and our calling and our purpose and our meaning. And we will never find our way or, or see reality unless Jesus is a light, the light of life, the light of truth, the light of, of freedom and of beauty. And Jesus gives us his light. Like Jesus gives us his light. In the upper room, right before he goes to the cross, he tells his disciples, when, I, when I'm here, I am the light of the world. But when I go away, you are the light of the world. So in other words, in other words, the plan all along is that I'm putting the light in you. The light of Christ is gonna shine in you and through you to the world. Say, he says, I haven't put you here to curse the darkness. I put you here to shine a light, to illuminate a dark world, to shine like stars, to be like, like a telescope, uh, the, to magnify Jesus, not like a microscope to take something small and make it bigger than it is, but, but like a telescope to, to take what is glorious and enormous and beautiful and make it visible, to bring it into vision so that other people can see the light of Christ through us. We are, are the Christmas lights, like not just in December, but, but all year long. And maybe today, maybe you need to know that Jesus enters into darkness, that he's not afraid of where you've been or what you've done. And he comes to you and he, and he wants to change you, wants to transform you from the inside out. Listen, Jesus is the light of the world. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been stumbling along in the darkness and it's time to let him turn the lights on. Or maybe you've been letting other people do all the shining and it's time. It's time to find mission and purpose in your life and pray, Jesus, would you shine through me? Would you light up my family? Would you light up my marriage? Would you light up my school, my workplace? Would you light up my world? I'm ready to be a light for you. Because church, we are the Christmas lights. Like we, we aren't here to curse the darkness. We're here to light a candle. And, uh, and like that first Christmas 2,000 years ago teaches us um, all the darkness in the world can't extinguish the light of Christ. So if you've never had a moment when you put your trust in Jesus, and allowed him to be the light in your life. But you know what, this Christmas, it can be that moment for you. And what I'd love to do is I'd love to lead you in a prayer. In fact, I would ask that we take a moment, we just all um, bow our heads together and we pray together. And if that's you, then I wanna encourage you to pray. You can pray something like this. You can repeat it after me. Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you for sending Jesus for me. And I admit I, I have sinned and I need your forgiveness. So right now I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I invite your light to shine in me and to shine through me now and forever. I want to follow you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you made that your prayer, like that's the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive. And I'm going to encourage you, don't keep it a secret. Like I would encourage you to tell somebody because lights are meant to shine. And my prayer for all of us that this season, this would be a time where we would just slow down. I mean, we would slow down in these last few hours toward Christmas. There's still time to slow down. And when we see the lights, that we would remember that the light of Christ is here. Here for me, here for you. Merry Christmas.